0: The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Pure Rock Radio. Feed your addiction. Yeah!
1: Hey, this is Brad from Ion Air Control, and you're listening to Radioactive Metal.
2: Welcome to Radioactive Metal.
3: What's up, everyone? Welcome to an eye-gouging episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 650, and I'm Snow
0: White. And this is Aaron. Dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by the great, great people at True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Last week, we told you about a new special collaboration roast. It's already sold out. So hopefully, dear listeners, you were able to get in on that. Um, if not, you missed. You missed out. But mm. get go to the site. Get on the mailing list. Subscribe. You'll never miss a deal if you're on that mailing list. And you'll never run out of coffee if you subscribe. And you won't get just one. You'll get two great bands every month. Every now and then, surprise. Sometimes there's a third. Music, coffee. I mean, what's better than that? right? That's People?
3: my Monday morning right there.
0: Yeah, you get your metal and your coffee all in the same place. It's a great time. So, trvekvltcoffee.com. Support the fine folks at True Call Coffee. Snowman, what's going on?
3: Well, for me, myself, personally, I am eagerly anticipating that said collaboration with uh, that we spoke about so highly last week that that special incantation blend tribute to the goat so excited so excited i was one of the last five people to place my order for it and now i'm just kind of waiting i'm just kind of waiting every day is it here heres it here is it here is it here is it here i'm like a kid like do you, have you ever see the a, a christmas story the movie
0: oh yeah when he's waiting for the um the little orphan annie decoder ring. the little orphan annie decoder ring yeah.
3: that's me waiting for my incantation coffee yeah I am so excited so yeah um, yeah and as you mentioned yeah two 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 great bands every month I've got I've got one of them queued up here right now actually maybe we'll just jump right into into it with our mandatory metal Segment brought to you by the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee Um, One of those great bands Currently signed to Redefining Darkness Records Their self-titled record Courtesy of Humanity is Cancer That record is available now And um when I look around and I see the world with everything that's that's been going on, and dude, sometimes, sometimes I feel that, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, like what's what's the what's the real virus on this planet? Uh, dude, God, it's I people, man. I like I love persons, okay, but ah, uh, I fucking hate people. <laughs> I really do. So everyone that's pissing me off. You know, all the the humanity and all that, that, that's kind of getting on my case right now. I'm going to dedicate Humanity is Cancer in the True cavalt Coffee mandatory metal segment. This is Harlot.
2: been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix.
3: Hey, dude, I just poured myself a fresh Lemmy here in my Motorhead mug. It's Friday night as we speak. I'm ready to rock and roll. What's going on?
0: Okay, so <clears throat> here's everything that's been going on this week. It has been a Godzilla week this week.
4: Oh. Um,
0: and I don't think I talked about this one last week, but now I can't remember. Um... Did I talk about Godzilla 1984?
3: It came up in conversation.
0: Okay. I mean, I couldn't remember if it was on or off air. So um I was trying to save save everything for for this week. This is like monsters and all that sort of stuff this week. So um man, Godzilla 1984, I got it on Blu-ray. I'm still trying to find 1985 because 1985 is what I saw in the theater in 1985. And Mm -hmm. they recut it with Raymond Burr playing Steve Martin like he did in
1: 1956.
0: Right. Um, And I really want to find that copy. But so in the meantime, I got 1984 and I've been watching the Japanese version. And man, like for a monster rubber suit, right? Like a guy (laughs) in a suit, they really do some great cinematography. They had this scene where the building's broken. Um, there's fire coming out of it and like you, they pan and you see Godzilla's reflection in the building. Like it's, Uh it's just very like, like, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but the, the, the cinematography is just fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. All right. So this week, this past weekend, I saw Godzilla versus Kong.
3: Oh, nice. Nice. Oh,
0: it's not up here in theaters it's really and not your theaters yet
3: it's not in we our theaters aren't open
0: oh geez okay that yeah sucks.
3: yeah we're all still kind of locked down
0: all right theaters. well for yeah. everyone in your province then i feel bad for you guys that sucks because wow. let me let me tell you like this is the movie to see in a theater the first time mm-hmm. um we we went and saw it, and I think I you know I would mentioned like we we went to the theater, and so some of my son's friends came with him, and this is such a hard age, dude. He's like 11, and you know his friends are coming along, and one of his other friends, like that kid's mom, came along. So like the two of us kind of sat off to one side, the kids sat to another side, and because like I wanted to sit by Nicholas, like we've been talking about this movie for a year, dude. Like right. I want to sit by him, and so. Um, you know, I'm I'm like no, no, it's it's time. Like, I just gotta let him go. And then one of the kids moved, and there was an open seat by Nicholas. And finally, I just moved over. I'm like, dude, what do you think? He's like, Dad, I love it. And we're we're just having a blast, dude. We're cheering, like the 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 trailers have really done such a great job of setting up for the movie. Because you know, sometimes you see a trailer, and the trailers all the best parts of the movie, like mm-hmm. it. The trailer did what it's supposed to do. It was a good teaser. It gets you excited for it, but it's certainly not the whole thing. Um, My hats are off to the cast and to the director and to the writers because they did their homework. You're going to notice all sorts of little nuggets for anyone who's been watching all the old Godzilla movies like, you know, my son and I have. We've been going back through the catalog. There's all sorts of hidden little Easter eggs and it's a blast. Now, have you seen, um, the 2017 Kong? Yes. Okay. So, you know, like the whole hollow earth theory going on there.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- they, the- yeah.
0: They expand on that more in this one.
3: Oh, okay. And,
0: and that's, that's the best part. Like it's, it, it was really a movie for the fans. Like I was so happy. It was the movie I wanted them to make, but I honestly didn't think I was going to get, like, uh-huh. I really didn't think it was going to be the movie I was going to get, but like, we came home. We started watching it on HBO Max, and it's it's still good because it's a Godzilla film. But it was nowhere near what what you got in the theater, and that's what
4: mm-hmm.
0: you know. If if you can, like this is the the one to go out and hit the theaters. But um, it's been breaking pandemic era box office records. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how it's standing up against other box office, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's been doing good there. So that's do that. Oh. Dude, just so good, so right good. On, right yeah, on. I I think I've watched it like two and a half times now. <clears throat> and wow. I'm gonna try and watch it a few more times on HBO Max before you know while we still have it. But I mean, I plan on buying it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was oh, it was so good. Like, and it was just just the best, the best experience in the theater. It was right so on. much fun. Yeah, it was a great time. Right on, right on,
3: right on. And I'm I'm glad I'm glad your son had a fantastic time, and I hope all his friends did. And I just yeah, like I'm I'm a big proponent for seeing in the theater, seeing in the theater. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, Netflix is nice and all that, but nothing nothing beats the theater experience.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I've I've been to some pretty impressive home theaters, but there's, you know, we we walked into the theater and you're walking down the hallways and there's just something about the movie theater, you know, mm-hmm. like there's. It, it's it's like the, the the record stores and you know a good magazine rack oh. you know there's it, it's a very social element to it mm-hmm. you know yeah, <sighs>
4: you're,
3: yeah. you're speaking my language you're speaking my language
0: yeah yeah and, and we'll we'll, we'll get, delve more into those sort of things later but and then so check this out so D Gregorio who we featured on the show back in October when mm-hmm. um, they released their album, Oh my gosh, what it was the yeah, album called? Was it just Chapter One? Oh, I'm embarrassed now. But anyway, okay. Um, Adi Gregorio Suzanne is releasing an EP as uh, mm-hmm. scheduled to come out on April 30th. It's uh, called Black and White. It's um, it's it's short. I think it's like maybe 15 minutes total. It was a collection of songs that um that she had written probably 15, 20 years ago and then started dusting off and resurrecting um, uh, because um, they, they kind of held meaning again uh, because her father just passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. just not too long ago there. So um, mm-hmm. she, you know, said, Hey, you want to play bass on these? I'm like, yeah. So um, I'm playing bass on this record. Oh. Yeah. I'm and it should be that.
3: good anyways, right?
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. It should Hopefully, <laughs> you know, they, they can always bury the bass in the mix, but, um, yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So, uh, so that's coming out. So, you know, once it's available, I'm sure we'll be playing a track.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that'll be something fun. And then, um, I think I was telling you this about, and and this is why I said this is like like a monster, monster movie, um, marathon for me. Just monsters and madness here. But in in our group chat, but um, the monster madness. There's a film series on Amazon, I guess. It was like a documentary series. And I watched all three in the past week. It says Monster Madness, and then there's normally something after it. So the first one I started with was Mutants, Space Invaders, and Drive-Ins. I'm like, okay, well, that has me, you know. And then there was like the Gothic era. Then there was the Gothic revival. And it's just a great look into how... You know, iconic these movies were. um, They talk about Plan 9 from Outer Space, you know, the Ed Wood disaster. (laughs) And it's, man, it's just, uh, it's really, really great. Because you get little clips in the movies. They also, I don't know where they dug up all this footage, but they found a lot of, like, old footage of the the actors talking about the movies. And I can't remember. Oh, you'll love the story. So there's this one movie, and I can't remember the movie or the actress's name. But. She's talking about doing a scene in the water and she has like a, like an air tank on or something and and she can't catch her breath and she can't get up. And she says, I'm yelling to the crew on the dock to throw me a rope, throw me a rope. She's like, and the crew doesn't speak English. I'm like, (laughs) please throw me a rope, throw me a rope. And she's like, and they did both ends. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, obviously she was alive to tell the story, so she made it, but she's like, Wow, did I give that director something? You know?
3: Oh, I would be so pissed. You gotta be kidding me. Wow. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, but that, that's what they're all talking about. How um the most dangerous thing going on during any of their movies was the actual filming of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, like they said, that was as scary as what we're trying to do on the screen. So, that's a great series of movies. So, hopefully, you know, you can find those. Um, and then you remember last year, right around this time, um, before like literally right before the world shut down, I w- drove up to Columbia, South Carolina to see the Kirk Hammett collection.
3: Oh, yes, yes,
0: still like, that's that's a year ago, and it still just had such an impact on me, like, I, I loved the entire experience, and that's another one of those great social experiences, because, you know, there's a ton of people there that are Metallica fans, obviously, but if you're really staying to look at the art, well, then you're also a horror movie, monster movie kind of fan, and so it was just, you know, nice to be with, other people into the same thing that I'm into, you know? And, um, I finally bought a copy and I, I can't believe I didn't do it that night, but I bought a copy of the book that is, um, the Kirk Hammett collection. And so it's basically, you know, shows off, um, not all, but a few of the posters and talks about them. It's, it's very, it's a curated book. There's a lot of stories in it. It's pretty cool. And I think, it was the Peabody Essex Museum that was up in Salem, if I'm getting that right, if I'm remembering correctly, that um, where this whole thing started. And that's what, like, I started thinking about this. I'm like, man, like, because this was, you know, my state was the last showing. like, Because, you know, wow. it, it didn't even get to go through the full showing. It was supposed to go through May, but the, the museum shut down, you know, you couldn't go see it. Um, and so I started hitting them up on Instagram. I haven't heard any replies, but I'm like, Hey, so you guys going to start doing this again? Is it going to go around to other museums? Because man, like, I I really hope it makes it somewhere up near you in Winnipeg, dude. You, you oh, yeah. have got to see this. And I, I just like, I flip through and I look at these posters and I think about this and the one thing that, that Kirk said that night that, that was, you know, touching, Um, just for, you know, how much he just loves the rest of us, like the fans and things. But he was talking about the fact that, you know, apparently this little thing that he's in this little group where they, they collect these things, um, these collections don't see the light of day. Like they're private collectors. Nobody gets to see them. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, he's like, I want other people to be able to enjoy them. And, you know, like, like I enjoy them. And I just thought about that. I'm like, how many other things are there that we don't even know about? Like, how many great things like this are being kept from the world? Mm-hmm. You know? And so I just, I'm, gl- I'm glad that he's been showing his collection. I really hope that it makes it out again. Uh, it's been fantastic. And the book is great. And then last but not least, and this is something that needs to go on your list, because I'd just like to see how you feel about it. But it's a book called Horror 101.
3: Well, okay. Have you heard of this? No, but it's probably something that I should I should have. Horror well, 101.
0: I found out about it by watching that Monster Madness movie. And one of the guys in that curated this book. And he basically you know starts talking about the fact that he loves horror movies. And he's like, every year all these lists circulate like the 10 scariest Halloween movies or horror movies. And like in all the horror fans cringe. And he's like, I started thinking, I'm like, you know, if you're a new horror fan, how do you know what are the essentials? And so he put together a book and he had a bunch of other horror fans, write essays on the movies. And it's pretty cool. Like it's got everything from Godzilla and jaws to, um, aliens to, um, the first Friday the thirteenth, right. it just it covers the gamut. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, right on. Yeah, that has been it's been a horrifying week this <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong
3: with that. Can't argue with that. For myself, uh, it's uh um, what you know no shows, but I'm doing the the best that I can. Well, actually, no, no, I kind of caught rather my own little unique show because um winnipeg death metalers immortal possession which are basically it's the same lineup as the death metal band votav we've had them on the show and they're the the three the three members chuck john Derek. they're good friends of the show we're gonna have them on again and all that well way back when and i've mentioned this band on the show my very first interview like over 30 years ago was a winnipeg death metal band called immortal possession okay they never really took off very 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 far okay
4: yeah
3: kind of kind kind of had their time when the, the band members all went off and did other things well immortal possession are back They've reunited. And why not? It's the same. Like I said, it's the same lineup as Votov.
0: And it feels so you know?
3: good. <laughs> and it does. It does. Yeah, it does and all that. Those along with Votov, Immortal Possession, have signed on to CDN Records, You know, which we, I believe we aired the signing right here on Radioactive Metal. Well, to get us to the new record, Immortal Possession made a really cool DIY live video. Okay, 30 Years Festering Live, it's called. And um, it's basically them jamming a dozen songs in their practice space, a.k.a. Derek's Basement. Oh, actually rock where, on. where I went to interview Votov the last time they are on the show and all that. So <laughs> I'm kind of like, okay, this is really cool because it's like going to an Immortal Possession Basement show. You know, and you know how much I love those. Oh, house yeah, shows, dude,
0: house, that's your thing.
3: Yeah, house, house shows are amazing, you know. <laughs> you know, more bands, big more bigger, more bigger, bigger bands, more established bands. No, I keep should, doing more
0: bigger, that's funnier.
3: <laughs> more bigger, yeah, yeah. There's, you know, I, you should see these bigger bands, you know, wouldn't hurt them for a little humility and all that, and get into the basement and... And jamming out with the people and all that, I'd be more. Of, I would definitely be for, be all for more bands doing that. So basically, that's what this live DVD is. Um, and as as well, um, you know, like there are so many bootleg shows that you see, like fan fan shot concerts on YouTube and all that, you know. And it kind of gives it the same vibe as that, except it's this. This show is shot really well. Multi, multi angles, multi cameras, and all that Our good. Wow. Uh, good friend of the show, Dylan Bailey, here in Winnipeg. He's a he. He he likes to shoot all the bands, you know, like that. All the extreme bands that come through town. So they enlisted his help doing doing his rock and roll duty for this absolutely amazing DVD. So yeah, yeah yeah it's just just to see just just to see good friends of the show up up on my big TV, you know, jamming out in their basement, really special, really special. as well, this is really special for radioactive metal listeners because in my hot little fist right now, you can even hear it, is what I know to be the new epi- the, the new edition of Decibel Magazine. Yes. My, second, my second issue finally arrived. The COVID mail system is really fucking things fucking things up, getting getting my decibel magazines up here. What is extra special about this one is I don't know about three, four, five episodes ago, we had one Sean Frazier on who is a scribe for Decibel magazine, okay? And he's the main man behind Wise Blood Records and all that. His cover story, Special Report, A Year Without Hope and Why Hope Lies Ahead. Really, really powerful article. Oh,
0: that's awesome.
3: Yeah, yeah. I was just like, holy geez. You know, it was a wicked wick wicked chat with um with uh bar owners, club owners about how this has affected them and just just, just the music scene in general. A year without shows. It's it's been brutal. It's been brutal. And Mr. Frazier really, 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 you know, shows in, in this article just what it's all about so really stoked for that, you know, and I've been waiting I've been waiting to read that article to get it in my, my hot little fists, you know for for a while now because like I said the, the mail system is getting pretty brutal here uh, I Made my way out once again to um, the record shops and Okay, first of all okay, very unique purchases I picked up. Okay, I never yeah. even heard of this band. It came recommended by tonight's creature feature actually. Mr. Brad Skabinski from the Eye and Ear Control Record Distribution. We've uh, we're going we're going to let Brad do all the talking a little bit later on in the show, but the last time I was hanging out with him, he he recommended this this wicked uh, mid, I guess they had their payday. Was kind of in the uh, the mid '80s. A um, a uh, really cool hardcore band, Capitalist Alienation. Okay, they mm-hmm. just um, we owe you nothing. Records kind of gathered up all of their all of their demos. You know, their one album, their incomplete record, different compilation tracks, and they put their entire discography. All onto to one vinyl album Okay, and I've never I never even heard of this band wait. Hey Brad. What's 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 this band all about? Ah, said, Oh, you're gonna love it It's this it's this 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 That's the way we used to do it Okay before there was an internet, you know, we had magazines We had the odd radio show weekly radio show and all that more often than not you had your buddy's word for it. You oh, know, yeah. If you, if you couldn't go by your own gut, you know, well, what what does this guy have to say about it? He knows a thing or two. Well, Brad knows a thing or two. He, he This this capitalist alienation record. Ah, oh, really good. Really good. I, I, I took it home. I, I opened it up. I slapped it on the lyric sheet. OK, apart from there being a little mini poster in it as well, the lyric sheet. Is in the form of an old school fanzine from the mid '80s as well, you know. And there was a there's a, a interview in French, of reproduced from an old fanzine from back then and all that. So you know, <laughs> this, this is so old school. Not only did how it got recommended to me, it's vinyl and it's like a fanzine in my hand and all that dude i was 15 again that's awesome man <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was something else really cool release yeah you're going to want to check out capitalist alienation now the production on this record is definitely no money hardcore in the 80s okay because it's it's just brutal but that's that's part of the charm. Like we all we all heard those demos back then and some of them were pretty brutal but we didn't care. You know, it was it was fresh new music and we were stoked, we were excited and that that was me once again with that the same day I grabbed that as well, I picked up a rather unique EP, okay? Mm-hmm. Do you remember Mama's Boys? Does that does that band yeah. ring a bell?
0: Really, really, really faint. Like, uh, okay. like I feel like I've heard it, but I couldn't place anything.
3: Right, right. Mama's Boys were an Irish metal band in the mid '80s. Okay, yeah, they kind of had their their heyday in the U.S., but they were they were predominantly in the U.K. Really cool hard rock mid '80s metal band and all that. Well, uh, they had a really cool EP the crazy ep because it focused on their cover of slade's mama we're all crazy now
0: oh, i love that
3: okay the really cool thing about this is okay it's four songs 7 inch two discs so it's two discs one, so- one side on each one song on each side i had never seen anything like that before Like that, that format was totally new to me.
0: Oh, yeah, dude.
3: You know, because I've seen, I've seen seven inch EPs with like 10 songs on it. You know, I've seen, you know, like I've seen seven inch, 10 inch singles, seven inch singles with only with only one side. I've seen all, all sorts of bizarre formats and all that. This was definitely new to new on me and it was a nice it was it was a nice throwback to back then as well because i never I, n- I never picked up any mama's boys records but i remember seeing the ads for them in the magazines and all that. like you just couldn't listen to everyone you know and now i'm kind of kicking myself that uh
0: even though I you're never... as hard well, as you can <laughs> you
3: try i tried yeah yeah i definitely did the last record I bought on that little excursion was a another seven-incher, really cool hardcore band out of Sweden called ETA. EP was called We Are the Attack. Six songs, okay, on a seven-inch EP, and it was like three bucks. Like when I see this, when when I see this on the shelf, and I see like any hardcore metal ep release and it's only like two three bucks how did it last on the shelf this long for me to get to it like right. i'm glad they did like it's yeah. three bucks like fuck i spent more in coffee that morning right <laughs> yeah you know, you know so i just said you know what i'm buying this if it sucks i'll give it away like <laughs> i'll find someone who does want it you know mm. like fortunately eta awesome band great stuff great stuff uh, just a couple days ago, as we speak, actually night two of NXT TakeOver was, uh, was going on. And what, what NXT is, it's one of the brands in the World Wrestling Federation, the WWE, I guess I, I should call it. And TakeOver is their WrestleMania. To kick off TakeOver this year, doing the, uh, doing the National Anthem, Nita Strauss no cool stuff yeah
0: oh that's awesome <laughs>
3: it was it was definitely some something else that that's how that's how you start anything something like that if you're gonna get an national, if you have to do the national anthem and all that why don't you get a you know a really cool shredder just just killing it you know can't 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 go wrong there finally some cool records came across my desk that we're going to get into um, available oh, as we speak it is out today prosthetic records signed um, Swedish sludge meddlers horn Doll, their latest record lake drinker um, really 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 cool I guess maybe somewhat akin to maybe high on fire that 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 type of sound and I really dig the story behind this record because it's, it, it, it's a concept dealing with how corporate America is, is you know, corp, giant American corporation is destroying this Swedish town and all that. And I guess like the lake drinkers, the, you know, the uh, kind of what they're doing to the lake. And it's just it's, it's a cool story, really cool concept and great music as well i want to introduce everyone april 30th courtesy of rock shots records bloody hell their latest record the bloodening drops i'm looking <laughs> looking forward to this because i was i was cranking the promo earlier today if you like your good old fashioned metal like accept some maiden yeah some art some art are old-fashioned armored saint that type of stuff I think bloody hell okay being you know over over cr- across the pond shall we say with that e- with with that expression I guess you you could kind of tell oh yeah I was I was cranking this dude this is some really cool stuff so we're going to get into that we're gonna drop a track From bloody hells of the bloodening, this is Burn Witch Burn. That was the aforementioned Horn Doll from their Lake Drinker record. That is a growing graves. Like I said, today it is it drops as uh, as we speak. But you know, by the time you get this, it'll be last week. Today, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> great, great stuff. Both great records. You're going to want to check them out. You want great records, dude? I'm going to set you up with a place that you're going to want to go to. I want to introduce everyone to eye and ear control records and distribution. Now, you'll remember back in the day. We're old enough to say that, right? We've been around. Okay, I think we've earned the right to say that because nothing's more irritating than when a 20-year-old says back in the day.
0: Listen, you know. things were tough in kindergarten. <laughs> that's
3: right, that's right. Well, you and I will remember back in the day. The old-fashioned um, demo dis- distribute distributors and all that were basically a fan, a really, really passionate fan. You know, would take the time, energy, money, and effort to basically gather, purchase a whole bunch of uh, demo tapes from his favorite underground bands. And kind of sell them, kind of like his own little entrepreneur, shall we say? Well, Mister Brad Skibinski up here in Weenie Peg has taken that concept and and, and multiplied it. Okay, he, he, he took that concept and took it and added steroids. I don't know where what that expression <laughs> is and all that because he basically took the same idea. And created eye and ear control records and dis- distribution, where he's basically created this little enterprise, okay, which started out as a vinyl mail order system, you know, where he had the website. He's got a, an impressive catalog of some of the most wicked and brutal underground death, black, grindcore, hardcore bizarro core and i'm sure you know if you made a request he might be able to find it for you well it started out as a mail order business and then he kind of took it on the road shall we say getting a little section in some of the record shops that i like to go to as well you know peddling his wares at record conventions and at gigs where i've bought a whole whack of records off them and all that well now, Mister Skubinski has kind of set up his own little shop, kind of much like the way the war, the old war on music, set up was when your good buddy Snowy here was kind of helping them out. He kind of rented out his own little corner of the world, and when he is available, and you know, with uh, limitations, COVID li- li- limitations in place, he's doing the best he can to get the best in metal and all around great music to your little earbuds shall we say and this idea like we're always looking for unique guests unique ideas we love band interviews and all that but there's still everybody has their own story just to 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 say there's band members there's merch girls there's authors there's everything i think mr skubinski kind of gives his own uh, he has his own story to tell and i'm really stoked for this to be the platform for him to do that so without further ado just last week i kind of made my way down to the Iron ear control little corner of the world we sat down with our masks on, with, you know, social distancing. We're doing our part. And you can probably tell in this interview by the way we're talking and different the little nuances and all that. You can tell we were kind of doing the right thing, but I think it's a rather important conversation to hear. So this is our chat with Mr. Brad Skibinski from the Eye and Ear Control Records and Distribution. But first and foremost, I guess probably the best idea is to kind of explain exactly what eye and ear control is, because it's something a little more unique than our listeners would probably be exposed to.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, basically it, starts, it, it all starts from the love of music and record collecting and uh, just being a geek and devoting a lot of time and energy to collecting and, I guess you know, putting out, being a part of a scene that, that uh, values record collecting kind of thing. And so basically what we do is uh, we order in records. It, it sort of started from me trying to get up on records for myself and my friends informally. And, uh, and it just kind of blossomed into something where it was large enough that uh, making it into a business seemed like the next logical step. So we, we order in records and we distribute records by labels that we appreciate and bands that we appreciate. And uh, it's kind of a step in the chain of support between uh, labels and bands and people that are buying records. So, especially in Canada, having some place where you can consolidate, uh, you know, a shipment of records from different labels and different bands into one package, pay postage once instead of five times. That's kind of the idea of the mail order end of it. Mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's, it's not necessarily a store, but it's... Like Maybe like a fan-driven... I don't even know what you would say. I mean, we're
1: we're in a real weird gray area (laughs) right now, especially. Um, So the plan of it was to have it be a mail order that existed in my house for a year or two years and kind of build up stock and build up uh, a following sort of thing. And then COVID happened. And uh, before COVID happened, I had been looking at commercial spaces to rent to move a store into. And when that happened, it just became you know, economically unfeasible. I have never been so glad to not have a commercial lease, you know, Mm -hmm. up until that point, I was just kind of like thirsty for (laughs) finding a place for it. And then that happened and I was like, wow, I'm so glad I'm not on the hook for like $1,500 worth of rent every month. Mm -hmm. And so we just continued on doing it as a mail order. And, uh, well, I say we, it's, it's a one person operation. Right. uh, Um, so, yeah, continued on as a mail order and uh, my partner got an art studio and this was at the beginning of COVID as well. And they were looking to uh, share the space and we decided uh, for our sanity to get all of these records out of our house as well. So the timing just lined up and we wound up in a, this little space that we're doing the interview in, which is kind of set up as it's sort of a cross between a, an office, warehouse and a little retail display area.
3: I like to think of it as your little corner of the world.
1: Exactly. Like when <laughs> when I first started having people in here, I guess it was two weeks ago we started having people in here to see how feasible it was and how safe it seemed. And uh, I I forgot that people like to come and look at records. Like I've been surrounded by this stuff during the pandemic every day. It's mm-hmm. been in my house. I've had basically my own private record store. Every right. day for the last couple of years. So when people came over here and were like, Oh my God, I actually love looking at records so much more than, you know, just looking at them online or whatever, it was like, Yeah, actually that makes sense. Let's see if we can make it work safely for everybody while the regulations allow.
3: Right, right, right. And like this is not Jim's records, and that's not Brad's place or anything. It's you have a rather unique moniker that doesn't really you know, when you think metal, it doesn't necessarily scream it. What's the idea and inspiration behind well, that?
1: Well, again, yeah, when we started it, um, the vision was to open a record store, and thinking um, sort of more long term, um, thinking that I would need to expand the scope of the business. Um, so, choosing a name that kind of like um, it, it's a little bit universal. It's it's stolen from a jazz record. It's stolen from a pioneer control, like Albert Ayler record. Okay. Um, So we were doing a lot of uh, like avant-garde noise and jazz distribution and stuff like that. And we just never really found our footing with that crowd. So falling back on what's been working, it's been death metal, black metal, grindcore. That's kind of the scene that I come from. And that was the bulk of of what I brought into it in the first place. So uh, especially when live events started to not be a thing, it, it seemed to make more sense to just concentrate on that you know, mm-hmm. participate in the scene that I'm already a part of.
3: All right. All right. Um, what would some of the bigger name or not bigger name, but some, some of the artists that you would sell the most out of?
1: Uh, funny enough, I, I sold 50 copies of a Danzig one bootleg. I think that's the one that I bought the most of right <laughs> off the bat and okay. moved the quickest. Um, so the classics are always, uh, It's always surprising to me when I order them in, I think everyone already owns, you know, all three of the first Dark Throne records or whatever, and I'll order in a handful of copies Mm. and they all go immediately. I'm always surprised because every time I'm like, yeah, everyone's got this and then they all go and I reorder them and the same thing happens. So it's sort of, you can't really ignore the staples in that, in that way, but also sort of a focus of this thing is getting into the niche, like the niche and like getting specialized releases from smaller labels and smaller bands and kind of bringing that underground up, you know what I mean? Just exposing people to things that they wouldn't normally see. So having things like the dark throne and, you know, Slayer records, we've got some Metallica records here and stuff like that, that, that gives people a touchstone to kind of figure out what we're doing. And then Mm. the other things that we bring up kind of seep into the subconscious level and, you know, people pick up on things like, you know, uh, like Japan, um, just, just more underground, like grindcore and black metal and death metal. And like everyone is very well informed these days in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it's actually, it's actually like a challenge to ride the wave and keep up with all of the releases that are coming out. Can you make a living off of this? Just this? Not yet. No. Uh At this point, it buys itself printers. It buys itself like, uh, you know labels and mailers and stuff like that it's taken about two years to get to that point oh, okay but uh you know it's a labor of love basically like first and foremost i just like hanging out with people talking mm-hmm. about music it's just sort of an extension of what i would be doing in my uh, off time anyway right. you know but no still have a day job um at a certain point maybe this will become that but you know now i just want to keep it as like a my, my pet project sort of thing brings happiness to myself and to Mm -hmm. some other people, so. Well, how do
3: you, like, you can't be in this room seven days a week. No, definitely not. Okay, so it's, you're here on the weekends.
1: Basically, yeah, yeah, Yeah. sort of a weekend warrior gig. Um, I do it at home, like I do all of the mailing and stuff like that at home and all of the admin, because I can do all of that online. But as far as having it all centralized in one space, You know, I can pop in here and pick up things for orders and do a little bit of organization and stuff. But, uh, you know, I'm limited to the amount of time that I can spend in one physical location. Mm -hmm. Luckily, it lends itself to not being here all the time,
3: too. Right, right. No, that makes sense. And what about just, like, you personally? When did you discover, like, heavy music?
1: You know, uh, I come up from, I guess I was probably about 14 when I got my first Judas Priest record. (laughs)
3: <laughs> There's an old so, story, yeah. Yeah. Early so, teens, priest, made the savage. Exactly.
1: I mean, <laughs> you know, before that, when I was like 11, 12, I was listening to things like Duran Duran and Michael Jackson. And I'm dating myself here. We're of a certain I age. I remember that. Yeah, I did that I, too. You know, I was into those bands and then kind of somehow the leap between like those bands and Judas Priest is not super far when you think about mm. it now. Like back mm. then it was. But now it's like they're just major musical acts that have a good uh, understanding of how to put together a record. Um, There's different support systems in place for them, obviously. But, no, Judas Priest really lit, lit me up as far as, like, metal was concerned. I moved from Judas Priest to Iron Maiden to Metallica. So it was just like a constant progression in, like, sort of, I wouldn't say Iron Maiden's more serious than Judas Priest, but they definitely bring something a little bit more cohesive to to the themes and stuff like that
4: for sure
1: um yeah i still default to those things whenever i'm driving i do overnight driving jobs whenever i'm getting tired i always default to the the classics like Judas priest iron maiden of course scorpions things like that. i get that i get that
3: and when you don't when you just want some some something on like when you when you buy a new record the best listen is nothing else on nothing nothing else around and you're staring at a wall listening exactly and all that you don't have to stare at a wall when you're listening to Maiden and priest
1: yeah, <laughs> totally. I, yeah, yeah and no. staring at a wall doesn't work so well when you're driving either. no no but it's true <laughs>
3: fair, enough, fair enough fair enough
1: and what are like some of your favorite artists today ah man it, there's just a wave of things and and you know i'm kind of like i'm coming from um like i played in a bunch of grindcore bands stuff like that and hung out with people who are grinders and uh so coming out of that like things like japan i mentioned earlier they're super good um i'm also going back to classic things that are getting reissued like capitalist alienation which ties into the whole quebec scene they're sort of an underground underground like speedcore band from quebec city okay and uh so you know Voivod, Gorgats, you know just any anything that like has staying power anything that has originality uh there's tons of stuff that's coming up now that's you know I've never heard before but it just kind of kind of like it's kind of like um the bar is super high for bands um the quality of recordings that are coming out now the quality of material that people are pumping out now you know like labels like Profound Lore are releasing tons of quality releases mm-hmm. it's it's pretty much endless the amount of like music that's coming out if you're interested you're always going to find something that you're for sure into.
3: for sure for sure like being, like, at myself and my co-host, we're, we're 50 now, and we always go back and forth. Was it better when we were younger or is it better now? It's like, well, I wish we could have bits and pieces from today back then, and we want to bring some things from back then up here and kind of make our own little perfect world. <laughs> more,
1: yeah, more I think gets. I think the scarcity back then probably helped to germinate all of the interest and all of the different variety of music that's going on now, you know, like I think if the genres that, that we're into now, if metal just kind of suddenly sprung into existence when the internet existed, it might just collapse on itself. Right. You know, it might it might just become something that didn't kind of have the time to work itself into the subconscious to the point where it stayed underground and and, and stayed with fans and people that are constantly thinking of ways to like reinvent the wheel sort of thing in new and interesting ways mm-hmm.
3: do you remember your first record as a, as, as a kid
1: first well,
3: I know you probably weren't expecting a on, lot of talk about your own on personal format, stuff like depending here, on yeah. format
1: but let's let's say okay so my first record as a kid probably like a, a Raffi record when I was like right six years old <laughs> okay kind of thing. yeah uh, so that'd be I guess the first vinyl that I owned <laughs> Um, probably, I, I think Judas Priest, Defenders of the Faith, was probably the first cassette that I got. Right. Uh, the first CD that I got, I think, was uh, "Suicidal Tendencies." How will I laugh? I know. Um, this is kind of like a, a timeline of when things came out, when formats were changing, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Getting back into the into the uh, vinyl, I guess. I don't even know what the first vinyl I would have gotten when I got back into collecting vinyl. that was probably about 20 years ago sort of thing it was it was definitely a punk record, but yeah it's, it escapes me
3: okay, fair enough fair enough
1: and that's everything that i've
3: i've got um
1: yeah I will say that uh the first Dead Kennedys record that I ever got was a CD. It was the combination of the plastic surgery disasters ah. and uh, that EP that came out after or whatever. And that, that just like blew my mind. I thought it was amazing. And weirdly enough, I got into them through Megadeth because seeing the basis from Megadeth having Dead Kennedys shit all over his face. <laughs> Shirts and stickers. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was interesting. <laughs> That's an interesting difference between then and now as well. It's like, having to look things up in thanks lists and, and mm-hmm. kind of take visual cues from what shirts bands were wearing <laughs> and what stickers they had on their staff and now it's just like you could go out and in an hour of research you could basically mm-hmm. be an archaeologist of an entire genre
3: yeah you know? yeah and we've said this on the show so many times like we'd buy the new record as you know if you were a teenager and all that you're on the bus and you got to open it up and you look at it. You look at the credits and all that. And if, well, if, if this band likes these guys, then they must be good.
4: Totally.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I and I, I still do that today when I buy a new record. I check out the thanks list, even though I have the internet. I still I still do that. Like there's just old habits, I guess.
1: Totally. And the art of blind buying, too, is one of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. You know, I still do that occasionally where I'll see something. I'll be like, I'm not sure who this is connected with, but I'm going to just buy it, see what I think of it.
4: Right.
1: Just for that old school kind of like excitement of discovering something on your own terms without trying to put it into a box and have preconceived ideas of what it is before you get it. Obviously, in this day and age, there's no real reason that you can't hear something before you buy it. But I just... I appreciate doing that yeah it's
3: the thrill it's the thrill exactly. I, I did that um, I did that as a matter of fact I stopped getting into the music I bought a seven inch hardcore I think it's a hardcore but it was like three bucks okay so it's like I spent that on coffee today so like exactly. if it sucks I'll just give it to someone
4: exactly
1: totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah there's it, it's increasingly rare that I see something that I don't at least have an idea of where it comes from but when I do see something like that that, that that seems to like strike a particular chord with me. i I'm, I'm all about it. It's great.
3: that was the mighty blasphemy from their live its live ritual live album that was their well, i guess you know their song that they're most noted for being the title track from their classic fallen angel of doom i kind of i picked that record and i don't know i should still go down there and, and pick that up but i found that record on Brad's shelves there on cassette it's like oh cool i don't know if i've ever seen a blasphemy cassette in, in in i don't know how many decades that was really cool and before that that was Asa grom i imagine that's how it's pronounced a really cool all-female black metal band their latest record dawn of infinite fire available now that is the crawl from the broken cycle that's another one of those bands OK, that um, Disciple magazine, Decibel magazine kind of turned me on to one of the problems. And this, this, this is a good problem. OK, whenever I'm reading a disciple or whatever, and if, if, if I'm on the bus, even, you know, I, I, have, I have access because you have the Internet on your phone and all that. But I, I'm, I'm trying to read and I'll be introduced to a new band. OK, through a mini article or maybe an ad or a review or something. And it's like, ah, oh, oh, oh. then I end up tearing myself away from the magazine to go slap this new band on. Sometimes that's great. You know, and sometimes it gets irritating because it, it takes me a couple hours before I get back to the damn magazine. Ah, first world problems. though. <laughs> There's <laughs> a problem. So, yeah, yeah. Um, by all means, eye ear control records dot com. Go there. Check out um, everything that Brad has on, you know, for sale in his in his vinyl mail order. A lot of really cool stuff. And as a matter of fact, tomorrow as we speak, I'm making my way down there again. Again, I think it's going to be a uh, weekly, a weekly thing for me now, and everyone should uh, do their part. And just you know, let's you, we we got to do what we can to keep the scene alive. You know, like it, now more than ever, music, heavy music, has been taking a hit, and it's stuff like that in the and the efforts of Mister Skabinski that's going to keep metal going. For a while yet Another really cool thing That's keeping the music going Is um, Record store day
0: I was so excited to see the dates This year and that it's split out again
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay I know you're really stoked Itching to get talking about this So what's what's going on my friend?
0: Well so I don't even know where to start on this list But Um, I am super excited because I honestly thought it was going to go back to just like a single day in April, which I love. Right. Mm -hmm. But in these COVID times, um, I also like social distancing and they decided to split it again. So it's going to be June 12th and July 17th. So those are the two Saturdays. Mark your calendars, head Mm -hmm. on out to recordstoreday.com. You can see all the drops that are out there. And, um, dude, there's a lot of great records. Like, have you gotten to check this out yet?
3: Uh, I have. I have. Sorry, I'm in the middle of pouring another Lemmy here. No, pour away. And I pulled up the uh, list myself. And, yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff here. Just right off the top, it's kind of in alphabetical order. How about a a (laughs) a new double LP from Alcatraz? Born Innocent, yeah. Yeah. Holy jeez! Like if there was ever a band that didn't get their due and definitely should have, yeah. You know, it it was it was it was definitely Alcatraz, Silver Lining Music as well. They're doing a lot of really cool stuff. They've, um, you know, with Morbid Angel and Annihilator and all that. That's definitely something to look at. Um, Twelve-inch picture discs. From ACDC, Through the Mist of Time and Witch's Spell.
0: Yeah, th- those are from the new record. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of looking forward to that. I thought that's pretty cool. And then mm-hmm. how about Anti-Flag?
3: Right, right. They're always, well, very, very political band. I, it's oh, not yeah. surprising me that, um, that they would definitely be doing uh, something... Something with uh, 2020 Division. Spy Farm Records.
0: Yeah, that's funny. So here's the release that I want to buy that I will not be able to play unless I buy the thing that goes with it. And even then, like I've heard that it's still not going to sound great, but I still want it anyway. Um, Weird Al Yankovic doing Beat on the Brat. (laughs) <laughs> and it's going to be on the three inch vinyl. The record. Oh. Sort of yeah.
3: Oh, okay. Um, okay. That's obviously a parody, a cover of the Ramones. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, it's from the Dr. Demento covered in punk. It was a number one billboard charting album. Um, and I'm pretty, pretty, I'm pretty stoked for it just for the album cover alone. Cause it's going to come with a poster as well. And the album cover now, I am completely dating myself, and probably, and I don't know if this was ever a Canada thing, so it just might be for old dudes in America right now. But um, it's got Weird Al Yankovic. It's it's very it's a very eighties cabbage patchy type font. But it's in a Garbage Pail Kids style cover. <laughs> Are you familiar with the Garbage Pail Kids? Yes, I okay. remember <laughs> the Garbage
3: Pail Kids, yes.
0: I was worried. I didn't know if those were made to Canada. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it's, it's 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 very Garbage Pail Kids style art. And I would love this as a poster. I, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And I really want to pick this up, even though I have nothing to play it on. It's just so cool.
3: Okay, why is that? I'm not familiar with the idea of the three-inch. Why, why?
0: So, they started doing something really interesting, and I don't know why. But they started doing these little three-inch records, and they made a three-inch record player for it as well.
3: Oh, oh, okay. So, it just doesn't play on. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there. you have to get a special record player and i think they're um, i think the three-inch players like still 70 bucks you know i'm like do i want to spend 70 bucks for a (laughs) three-inch record player for one record Uh, you know right right okay i
3: remember um a A A A anal trump was doing that special one-of-a-kind box set where um for they were selling it for like a thousand dollars or something, and it was basically them. You know, it's a bash Trump grind grindcore band. And remember, they 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 had that box set, and it was a thousand bucks because the you could only play it on that special.
0: Oh, that's right, the special turntable. Player. Yeah, and
3: they they included it in the turntable, or they included it in the package and all that. Right, right. That would have been one of those. And so so would this, what I yeah. call, you know, the, the gratuitous lottery purchase.
0: Right, right. You know. <laughs>
3: that that I would have spent. And I think I would shell out, you know, that's the special turntable just to play a three inch EP. You know, that's why it's gratuitous, I guess, you know. I think yeah. everyone has I think everyone has that in the back of their mind. Well, you know, I, what,
0: I have you know. a buddy here and actually I need to text him because I don't think we've talked much since this has ha- like all this COVID stuff happened. We used to work together and then um, he started working for another company. But we typically always see each other at record store events, you know, um, and, and that's why I am so thankful for Monster Music here because they're they're just cool for starters. Right. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just cool. And it's it's just community, like you know. I I went for an event, and I mean, we worked together, and I I don't even know if we'd ever talked before, like you know, professionally. But then we run into each other at the record store. It's like, oh well, hey, what you know? What are you checking out? And it 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 was you know became a whole different thing, you know.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, so him and his wife picked up one of the three inch record players, <laughs> and um. And I was asking him, like, how is it? He's like, it sounds like crap. I'm like, okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm now like, I know. I'm like, did you try, like, using the little output? He's like, oh, yeah, it still sounds like crap. I'm like, all right. All right, good to know. You know, but I mean, it's, it's on a tiny speaker. You're not going to get everything. And I think the stuff that he bought it for was the, specifically the Jack White uh, Third Man Records releases. And,
4: okay. uh, like,
0: Jack White is... He's the Godzilla of music. Where you can't, you're not going to listen to him on a, on a tiny set of speakers. Like he, you need to have a hi-fi for that. And I just dated myself again, saying hi-fi,
3: hi-fi. <laughs> yeah, but
0: um, but you know what I mean. Like you 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 need a system if you're going to listen to him, so you really enjoy it. You know,
3: for sure, for sure, for sure. This looks interesting. The Village of the Damned original motion picture soundtrack. Okay. Uh, I, I it didn't even occur to me like when like this is obviously a remake okay it didn't even occur, this didn't this didn't even occur to me okay that there would be a soundtrack to this right and, um, now now that I see it it's John Carpenter and Dave Davies from the Kinks no, Okay. wow That's, yeah yeah not only that okay this this all makes sense because. The, one of the next um, instrumental soundtracks that I'm going to be looking into because I've been reading and hearing more, more and more about it was the Halloween 2018. Okay. That movie has some beautiful music in it. and it's a collaboration with John Carpenter and Dave Davie's son. I, his name escapes me right now. And it's like, holy shit. Like the apple doesn't t- fall too far from the tree. I mean, this is a far cry from the cakes. but you know, <laughs> yeah, his his kids got it going on as well. I'm definitely, I definitely should uh, be looking into that as well. I'm uh, just going through here some more and Age well, of Coral from the from the Crow. Yeah, eggs. I'm so glad uh, you I caught think. that one. That's
0: one I wanted to point out. I was excited okay. about that. And then, how about Fear the Record?
3: Uh, fear fear fear
0: yeah I was so okay excited.
3: yeah i think we're kind of looking at different
0: well i keep uh, jumping all over the place because oh, okay. every, every time i click on something <laughs> okay. um okay. i lose my place because uh, okay. Okay. i i had seen the stuff you're looking at and then like every time i come back i'm like where the hell did it go because oh. i saw the john carpenter stuff and then the um the the age of coral really made my day -hmm. Right, seeing that like that really made my day. I'm like, oh, that's gonna be a great record to come out. Um so you know what I noticed on here? Have you noticed looking at the labels that there's some pretty major labels Mm -hmm. contributing record store day releases?
3: There is, yeah.
0: I'm impressed, you know, or possibly nervous because if the majors have hooked onto this it's like anytime a corporation hooks onto something cool they see money
4: Hmm.
3: yeah and that's really all they do
0: yeah yeah i mean thankfully like the stuff that they're putting out i'm like oh that's a major label release i'm like oh that's a good record i'm like okay that's all right
3: Who's 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 back on cocaine that they're making good records,
0: right? These, right. these
3: major labels, yeah, yeah. Speaking of major labels, BMG, Sammy Hagar in the Circle, heavy metal live, a twelve inch <laughs> picture disc.
4: I'm okay, I I,
3: I I like I, I never got into of uh, into Van Hagar. They have they had some some a couple wicked tunes, but I am a Sammy Hagar solo fan. And heavy metal, you know, which should become the theme to the classic animated movie, is just an incredible song. Okay, that's one one of those songs when it it comes on. Oh, oh, hell yeah. yeah. You know, like (laughs) when I first went metal full time, you know, like that was a fucking anthem.
0: So I am a Van Hagar fan, and I have to say that 5150 is still one of my favorite records. Ah, fair enough. And it's and a, I love nineteen eighty four. Like I thought nineteen eighty four was amazing, but man, there is something about fifty one fifty. When they were doing the numerical thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You want a really good, cool Van Hagar song, and you've probably heard it already before though. Um Humans Being from the Twister oh, soundtrack.
4: Yeah.
3: yeah oh, cool. just an incredible song. Oh, I cr- I cranked that today. Yeah, yeah. Hawkwind. Greasy Trucker's Party. Yes. <laughs> now, now you know where Lemmy gets it from, you know?
0: <laughs> I don't know. That that's that might have potential. That might have potential. So get this, because again I've been skipping around here. Um Motley Crew has a cassette box set coming out.
3: Okay. And
0: it's basically the first Albums up until um, Doctor Feelgood, so Too Fast for Love, Theater Pain, Girls, Girls, Girls. I'm missing something.
3: Shout out the devil.
0: Thank you. Shout out the devil, and um, Doctor. Dude, Zepard.
3: oh, you just lost so many cool points I, by well, forgetting that one. <laughs> the,
0: but the, that's the crazy part. It's like that was one of my first vinyls that my grandmother bought me. Like I, I had my original copy from the '80s sitting right. right beside me. Like I can't believe I could forget that one. Because, I mean, dude, that cover with, like, the black-on-black pentagram. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool that going to be a cassette box set. I figured that'd be right up your alley. So.
3: Yeah. Oh, I could see me getting behind that.
0: I can't wait to get into the record store. Like, I'm really looking forward to June and July.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, integrity. I see that. I didn't know they were planning this cradle to the grave seven-inch vinyl from Organized oh, Crime God. Records. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And of course we've had Dom, Dom from Integrity on the show. We had a oh, yeah, We had a great chat with him. Like, there's a guy. Okay, like like with integrity, obviously Dwid the vocalist, he gets a lot of the attention. But like I said, like every band member has a story to tell. Okay. And it's don't just focus. On on the front men, because you know every everyone's got something interesting to say. Definitely, I agree. Let's see where else are we? Uh...
0: Oh, how about this, Mister Biggs? Lean into it. That was the big album with uh, "To Be With You."
3: Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh... This the sad thing about Mr. Big is that's what they're always going to be known for.
0: Yeah,
3: you know, just that one stupid ballad and all that, and it's just like there's ah, like they're the talent in that band. Fucking Billy Sheehan, yeah. like come on, like come on. why would you bury a talent like that?
0: You, you know what though, like that album because like I remember the first album and the first album, the song, the only song I remember from the first album was addicted to, addicted to that rush. Great song, Mm -hmm. right? But the second album, because you know, which is Lean Into It, I started looking at the track list. I'm like, oh, yeah, I recognize it. I'm like, these are all great songs, like, like it's that that's an album that I may actually pick up and not for to be with you because that's I'm so so over that song, like, I don't want to ever hear it again. But, um, what was the song there, like Daddy Brother Lover Little Girl or something like that? Um, and then. Damn it! I'm not looking at the in the, in the listing. Let me click on here <laughs> because um, damn, where's the track listing? Yeah, um, oh yeah, alive and kicking. Jump into the fire. Keep my love alive and kicking. That was a good one. Um, Green Tinted 60s Mind. That was a great song. Like, mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, they they showed their chops with that one.
0: Yeah, there's so many good songs. Oh, just take my heart when you go. Like, oh, never say never. Damn it. Like, the, like, yeah, this... I, I'm probably going to picking this up. Because, I mean, <laughs> like, To Be With You is the song that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. But, thankfully, uh-huh. it's the end of the album. And if... It, you know, if we make them all listen to the whole damn thing like you used to have to on cassette, you know. Um, At least they get
3: exposed to the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. they're going
0: to hear all sorts of great songs. I, th- this is really a fantastic record. It really is. And then, I mean, who doesn't want that cover photo, right? The famous um, train crash, mm-hmm. like like on Big Vinyl? Because I mean, that's that's a great photo.
3: That's right. Her. Oh, here's, here it is. Here's here's my first purchase record store day.
0: Huh.
3: Negative approach on vinyl. Tied their tied down demo. Okay, there we go. I'll take in that. Of course, ne- negative approach. Classic hard hardcore band. Trust me, your favorite band has a negative approach album in their collection. That's cool. I'm definitely grabbing that.
0: I thought you were gonna tell me it was gonna be the Sinead O'Connor album. <laughs>
3: no, no, no. Going through here some more. Uh, bye, bye, bye,
0: bye, so, bye, bye. Pearl Jams Alive.
3: Okay. You're in the P's.
0: Yeah, I just went and jumped a page. Okay, but, yeah. Um how do you feel about that being cause it's gonna be be out on cassette and vinyl? And being that that came out originally in 1990, like, cassette makes sense, but I, I, like, I don't know if it was ever on vinyl.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Probably not.
0: You know? Probably
3: not. I don't know. I, I'm all pearl jammed out. Like, I'm just a, a lot of that stuff. You know, it was good. It was good at the, at, at the time. I'm just, I'm just, I just feel like most of the Seattle stuff is just nostalgia and I'm not nostalgic for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I gotta say it's kind of fun to see them be nostalgic stuff. Since um, you know, what they did at hair metal. <laughs> so, oh, how about Rage Against the Machine, the Battle of Mexico City?
3: Huh. On vinyl okay, that 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 works. Yeah. 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 Susie Quattro live live and kicking. Okay. I would be down with that
0: yeah 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 like i'm I'm thinking, yeah yeah there's there's some really good stuff here, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah you
0: know what I didn't catch? Who's the ambassador this year?
3: um I know one of them is uh triumph up here the the power trio, the legendary triumph up here in Canada.
0: No, you know, are they they're, they're, international, they're or are they just the? Why well, they typically have one that I was aware of.
3: Well, maybe they're the Canadian ambassadors, or or whatever. But oh, yeah, uh,
0: wacky Canadians. Yeah,
3: Triumph, I guess, had their Haiti in the late seventies and then the mid eighties and all that. But in Canada, they would still be a a a. Hey. You know, they they'd be a a live draw a. And they had they had their moment in the sun in the U.S. as well.
0: Oh no, I'm very aware of the band Triumph. I oh, okay. honestly didn't know they were Canadian. Oh yeah. yeah, but I just always love to give you shit every time you start pulling this Canadian thing because, like I said, <laughs> it's like my big fat Greek wedding.
3: That's right. Everything. Started Did you know
0: out. that's, Canadian? Yeah,
3: that's right. I know. Everything is Canadian? That's right. No, everything's Canadian. French <laughs>
0: fries were started in Canada. I'm sure. <laughs> that's right.
3: That's well. Yeah. That's that's the French, you know.
0: New York pizza comes from Winnipeg.
3: Stillwater demos. Okay. Would that be? Okay. That was the band in Almost Famous, the fictitious band.
0: (gasps) Yes. Yes. I'm like, Stillwater, why do I know that? Why? Why do I know
3: that name? Why do I know that name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude. That's, there we are. There we are. I want that, I want the Suzy Quattro, and I want this Stillwater. If that's what I'm thinking it is, if it's, if it's you know, the quote-unquote demos put onto a vinyl, fuck yeah. That would definitely be sweet. Yeah,
0: let's see if I can catch up and find that here.
3: Yeah, we yeah. probably should have said <laughs> to everyone, hey, go to recordstoredays.com, go to the list, and kind of play along. I know, with and
0: the, we could we could have theory. called out page numbers too, but <laughs> that's right. You know, next time that's we'll right. learn.
3: Yeah, yeah. So everyone, go there now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on page seven. We're we're in the tees a little late, but
0: six demos recorded by Nancy Wilson and Peter Frampton for the songs they wrote for the fictional band in the icon- iconic rock film Almost Famous.
3: Uh, okay, you yeah. had yeah, Nancy Wilson. Yeah. Okay.
0: Damn. Like Oh, yeah, because and it's on was, Geffen. Yeah. This is my yeah, point. Like yeah. cool stuff on a big label. You're wasn't, right, they are doing Coke. <laughs>
3: wasn't uh wasn't almost famous based on Nancy Wilson's husband who would grow up. Yes. Right. What's his name? columbus
0: no no no, because he he wrote um oh damn it hang on let me let me (laughs) let me google it because like i'm
3: we shouldn't be doing this shit after three three levies on a Friday. i
0: know and i'm drinking (laughs) beer and you know okay let's see here cameron crow
3: right yes yes
0: and he was a writer for rolling stone
3: Right. Mm-hmm. Now,
0: is he the same guy that did Fast Times at Richmond High?
3: No, that was a. Uh, oh, what was her name? That. No, it was. Was it? It was another dude. It was written by Cameron Crowe, I believe. OK. But it was directed by a by a by a young lady. OK, what but that hell?
0: that's it. Like I thought it was another Cameron Crowe movie.
3: Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. That's See? why Nancy Wilson was in was in the movie as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, when 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 Brad Hamilton in his pirate outfit had to go and make the delivery and he still oh, got his his, his pirate hat on. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the lady in the car across from him starts giggling. Uh, uh, and yeah, while it's a character, just 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 imagine that. You know, you're right beside Nancy Wilson, okay, and you kind of want to you know, put your chest out a bit and you kind of want to, you know, uh, uh, uh. And then you're dressed like that. Fuck. <laughs> Page eight.
0: Oh, that's some good stuff, man. Okay.
3: Oh, we're getting we're getting into the the various artists as well. The magician's birthday, Uriah Heap LP. All right. All right, I got a couple heap records. Always a good time.
0: Yeah, let's see here. It's some interesting stuff. All right, I'm going to page nine, which I think is the last page.
3: Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Which I don't have any. Oh there we are. Uh... so
0: war. It's gonna be a five LP set. That's interesting.
3: Did they have five albums worth
0: the material? Yeah, like War was one of those bands that had more than you realize.
3: Okay. Yeah. Well, they were just kind of, you know, they were known for, for the one. The the one tune. Well, yeah, so, they're, they're just, yeah, they're just one of those bands where you have to, you actually have to dig deeper. Yeah. I guess.
0: Well, and, it was er- Eric Burden, right? So Eric Burden and the Animals came first in the '60s, and then they formed War, and War. War was really interesting, right? Because they had they had a multiracial band at a time when that wasn't going to make sense, but needed to happen. You know what I mean? When tensions were high and all this war stuff going on, just, you know, all these things happening within the 60s and 70s, and... Um, the, the harmonica player, this is why I'm familiar with him, but the harmonica player is Lee Oscar and he has his own line of harmonicas and, um, he's a badass. He essentially played his harmonica like a saxophone, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that people probably don't realize is harmonica in war songs. There's probably a ton of things that you think is a saxophone or some other horn and it's Lee Oscar and harmonica. I'm a nerd, I know,
3: (laughs) but I love this stuff. There you go, there you go. That's why, that's why your wife is when you're out and about. That's why, and the same can be said for my wife. Like when I'm out and about, you know, at shows and I'm hanging with other women and girls and all that, she's not worried, okay, because she knows I'm not picking up women and I'm not flirting with them and anything. I'm boring them with useless music trivia <laughs> and stuff about, and you know, useless wrestling and horror film trivia and all that. Just me. That's, that's me out there. So yeah. Yeah. She's got nothing to worry about.
0: Yeah. That's me too. Oh, uh, sorry, man. I'm tired here. Um, this, this I like here
3: too. Wasted youths. Reagan's Inn.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice, yeah.
3: Nice. I'm going through Yeah. With a, uh, with the with the cover art by Pusshead, oh, so obviously, dude. obviously, this is a re-release of some good hardcore from oh. back at the their 1981 debut. Oh, yeah. oh god, there was Look, a I, lot of youth back. I told then. you, I <laughs> have
0: I have a, a Pusshead print in my garage, right?
3: mm Hmm. Yeah.
0: Like I am hoping I'm going to get that dug out this year and framed properly. Um, because it's just it's just killing me. Like I've, I I. I'm trying to hang up more like real art this year. That's a whole other thing. All right, check this one out. Link Ray sings and plays guitar. Link Ray. I, if you're not familiar with him, you've more than likely heard his song called "The Rumble," and it's instrumental. And he is one of the early surf rock guys. Oh, okay. And it's it's he's he's interesting because he. He walks the line between surf rock and rockabilly and honestly even a little bit punk rock man cuz he was he was wearing leather and using distortion like he was punk rock before we had punk rock you know right
3: fair enough fair enough yeah fair this, enough, is, enough.
0: this is a good list man i'm really excited I'm,
3: yeah yeah i'm going to be going through this again you know on on my own time and i'm going to be writing stuff down so i don't forget and i'm looking forward to it once again june 12th and july 17th are the the the, this year's record store days so i certainly hope uh between between this chat and tonight's creature feature and all of our chat about hitting the record shops and all that i hope everyone else listening to this is kind of getting you know are starting to salivate a little thinking of hitting up not only the record stores on those days but just in general like the weekend is upon you like make it make make it part of your weekend and hopefully soon enough a couple years down the line the band we are going to mention in our indie spotlight will be making the rounds in Record Store Day.
4: We're
2: always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight.
3: This week's Indie Spotlight, we're going to the beautiful city of Montreal, Montréal. Canada, up here in the great white north, a really cool metal band called War Call. Their latest release available April 23rd came across my desk. Dead End Part One. One spin of this record, dude, had me itching for Part Two. Already, which is going to be available later on this year. So, without further ado, in tonight's indie spotlight up here, in the Great White North. A, eh? this mm. is More Call with
4: Reckless. <laughs>
3: www.facebook.com slash war call band go and check them out there great stuff great stuff as always in our indie spotlight I see um, the band Enforced as well their, their new record just recently dropped courtesy of uh, Century Media uh, we had them we had them we tagged them for an indie Spotlight a couple years later. Boom. Signed on. Century Media. Ah! I should have been an a and guy. Should have been an a and guy. So when Warcall gets called up to the big leagues, you know, I will be expecting a beer from them when they cross Canada once again. Hopefully sooner than later. I was crying. I was crying in my beer today reading the "A year without shows article in that in the new disciple magazine good stuff good stuff I totally recommend it to everyone although probably in the US this is now probably last month's issue okay there's probably a new one on your racks right now but um how can uh, people get a hold of us
0: well dear snowman RadioactiveMetal.org is the best place to go to see all of our episodes. Everything we've got. All the backlogs, uh, except for possibly 100 episodes, Rock and I couldn't locate. That's a whole other story. Um, so, but go there. Check it out. And then, of course, you can keep in touch with us on our social media at RadMetal666 for Twitter and Instagram. Occasionally, I do tweet. I can't remember what I was tweeting. But mostly, you'll see pretty pictures. I need to post pictures of the Swedish chainsaw.
1: Since Mm -hmm. we talked about
0: that last episode, so I got to get that out there. Um, But then, if you'd like to just send us an old-fashioned email, RadMetal666 at gmail.com. And then, of course, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, um, other podcast places. And thanks mm-hmm. to the fine, fine folks the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com, that we're a part of, you can find us on the Spotify. We're there with the rest of the Shining Wizards folks. And you might even recognize this um, podcast called A Wrestling Night in Canada, because mm-hmm. one of the hosts sounds a lot like Snowy. It's so a good-looking weird. guy, yeah. So weird. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's it's gonna be really fun when we get all those guys on this show, and then nobody knows what show they're talking about. Like I'm just gonna keep messing with you. I'll be like, "Well, tonight on a wrestling night in Canada," and like, like stop it. Be uh, what
3: is this guy doing?
0: I know. Uh. And then I'll just start. I'll be like, "And tonight on the Shining Wizards Network, I'm just gonna make shit up all night." And this is turnbuckle throwbacks. But um, anyway, I digress. And then, of course, dear listeners. If you've been here for a long time, you know, and I bet you probably already listen, but Thursday nights on PureRockRadio.net—that's where you hear us first. Thanks to St. Rich up there in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I just love to say Saskatoon, <laughs> Saskatchewan. damn it, Sask—fuck. <laughs> I've been drinking, but it's uh, a great. It's still still a fun thing to say. Ah. <sighs>
3: saskatoon saskatchewan
0: there we go saskatoon saskatchewan saskatchewan i just love saskatchewan it's a great name but that's what's going on up there um you know in america's hat so uh-huh. that's the stuff i think right i don't think i missed anything
3: yeah that is pretty much it to get us on out of here let's go with a cool track you'll recall Last year, um really cool LA hardcore band Destroyed in Seconds dropped their Divide and Devour record. Well, it was released digitally and on a limited edition cassette. May 21st, get your butts to the record store for, for this because Deep Six Records is dropping a really cool blood-splattered vinyl of said record so um, yeah yeah so let's go out with a track from Destroyed in Seconds the Divide and Devour record in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been an eye gouging episode of Radioactive Metal Uh, I'm Snowy White
0: and this is Aaron
3: signing off